This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hi, and welcome to the Mom and Mind Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kat. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. It's been a while since I've done any kind of introduction to who I am and why this podcast exists. So I want to just take a quick minute to reintroduce myself, especially to all of the new listeners we've had lately. My full name is Kati Kayeni. I am a psychologist and I specialize in perinatal mental health. That means I support new moms, new parents, and new families with mental health struggles related to fertility, pregnancy, pregnancy loss, birth, and postpartum. For those of you who haven't heard my own story, I uh, got into this specialty because of my own experience through postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and postpartum OCD. It's been a while since then, but it's what lit the fire in me to specialize with this population of people. I'm a mom of two, married to my husband for about 15 years, and I have a private practice where I meet with clients individually. Right now, because of the pandemic, we are all virtual, but I've been really happy to see that we can have very powerful healing psychotherapy sessions, even through the virtual platform. I also volunteer for Postpartum Support International on the executive board and have volunteered with PSI for several years both as a volunteer coordinator and assisting in the development of the certification exam. And now I am the chair of education training and certification on our board. I love, love, love this work and helping in whatever way I can figure out to help. And this podcast is one of them. If you have found this podcast, you found it for a very specific reason. It's either that you yourself are going through something like a perinatal mental health condition or somebody you love is, or you're a professional who is supporting perinatal families. For whatever reason you're here, I'm so glad you found us. This podcast is filled with personal stories of how people got through a lot of these really difficult conditions related to new parenthood and some fantastic experts to give us some insight and understanding of the ways in which we can be impacted by the transition into parenthood. I'm a firm believer that education is power. If you don't know what's going on, how can you get better? And that's a little bit of what I want to talk with you about today. 
That's a little bit of what I want to talk with you about today is really how are you? How are you doing? It's often very hard for us to check in with ourselves and ask really, how am I doing? It's very easy to get swept up into the day-to-day of life and not really stop and think about how you're really doing and what you really need and how to make that happen. And I'll say it's so much harder these days to attend to our essential needs because of the pandemic. All the things we used to do to take care of ourselves and to relax or let loose or have fun, it's all very restricted right now. So on top of whatever all of the new stresses, we're having to try and figure out how to just feel okay when the things that would help us feel okay aren't always available. So oftentimes what I see, even for a lot of the people that I meet with, and even for myself sometimes, just that like yucky feeling can come over you or you feel exhausted or tired or you don't quite know what's going on. You just don't feel right. What happens oftentimes with high stress, depression, anxiety, or any number of other things is, oh, we tend to turn it on ourselves. That Why can't I just keep it together? Why can't I just feel better? Sometimes when we are so stressed out, it can feel like failure or can feel like you just aren't keeping up with life's demands. Well, newsflash, not a lot of people can keep up with life's demands right now because life's demands are pretty massive. So I want to offer a little bit of perspective. When you ask yourself, how am I really? Just sit with that. Just sit with that for a moment and see what it feels like. You may be fine. You may feel stressed out, but not sure why or what exactly for. You might feel sad. You might feel grief even. You might be angry. You might be irritable. There could be many other feelings coming up, and I want you to know that all of them are okay. You might even be feeling multiple feelings at once, or they're coming in rapid order. We have never been in a time like this, and especially if you're a highly sensitive person, it can feel even that much harder. So again, after you've kind of figured out and found out a little bit of how you're doing, you might not know the answer to it and or you might not know the answer to all of that. I want you to then think about how do you interpret that? How do you think about how you're doing? Do you blame yourself? Do you blame other people? Do you blame other things? Does it feel like it's all on you? The answer really is way more complicated than that. It's usually so many things that are contributing to our stress. Uh, But when we're in those moments with our stress, it is really hard to remember what all is contributing. So I want to help you take a step back for a moment and think about stress within the context of your life. So you can start with the broader, bigger context of your life, the big picture things that are happening that are impacting you or affecting you on some level, maybe not exactly directly all the time, but this would be things like the pandemic living through a pandemic. This is stress. This is stressful and for some people traumatizing. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube. And she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. 
The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Weather. Depending on where you live in the world and what is going on with your weather, that can absolutely impact your stress and your mood. Um, Politics can be impacting you, depending on how much you're watching the news or not. Not being able to travel the way you usually do or be able to see family in ways that you usually are. Um, these are big picture things that are kind of happening all the time right now, anyhow, or for long stretches of time. And anything that lasts for a long stretch of time that impacts us impacts our stress levels. And any long-term stress can lead to depression and anxiety. It's just we're not, we are not meant specifically, our brains and bodies aren't meant to be in high stress for long periods of time and be fine. There, there absolutely is an impact on us. And it's not a personal issue. It's not a personal problem. This is how our bodies and brains are built. Then um, again, thinking about how are you doing really, there's a lot of closer stressors like your work or your children or if you're pregnant or postpartum, if you have kids at home, every day, or if everybody's at home every day, or no one's at home, except for you and the baby or you and the kids, and you don't have the help that you used to have. These are those things that, again, they they are more closely impactful to you daily stressors that because of this pandemic, we've been dealing with those long-term as well. So then in terms of stress, again, what are all of the considerations that you have to make now that you just didn't used to have to do? When you leave your house, for instance, you have to make sure you have a mask. Just to get groceries or do regular things, we are having to constantly make considerations about where we go, who's going to be there, if we can see family or not. And not that's not even to mention if our family has different ideas about how to manage and cope during the pandemic. We're having to use a lot more virtual methods for communication and for connection. And so we're not having a lot of the in-person connection and being able to be with people in the same way that we used to be. Part of stress consideration is the nuance of your life and your inner life. Nobody's living your life but you, so you have your very own perceptions, your very own responses, your very own needs to any and all of these things. I'm kind of breaking it down for you right now, not to overwhelm you like, oh my gosh, there are so many things that are stressing me out. This is so much, but more to kind of expand and look closely at the things that are impacting you 
so that you don't blame yourself. And what I mean by that is, again, going back to that point of when you are not feeling well, when you are stressed out, it's very easy to personalize that and to think, well, I can't handle it just because I can't handle it. Or look, everybody else is handling it. What's wrong with me? And again, just to note this for highly sensitive people, this is an additional layer of strain on you, on your energy, on your mm, sense of conscientiousness, of seeing and feeling how all of this stuff also impacts other people, needing time, needing more time alone or downtime or time to rest. And that might not be available to you right now or not at least in the same way as it used to feeling overwhelmed by decision-making and just in general having a heavy heart for what is happening right now and happening in the world. So when it comes to your nuanced personal history, you have may have things in your past that have been triggered by the pandemic, have been triggered by having to be alone or having to consider family relationships in a new way. And we've been in this for about a year. So I did not come in here to be Debbie Downer and make everybody depressed, what I really want to do is acknowledge and validate that it is hard right now. It's not a you problem. It's a everything problem. I don't want people being at home personalizing their stress and personalizing their pain to make yourself just feel worse during an already difficult time. What I really want to do now that we've kind of broken apart this stress load is talk about what you can do and how to help yourself. And I'm not talking about self-care activities. I'm talking about how you take care of yourself mentally and emotionally. And I'm not talking about things that you do externally, like go on vacation or something like that. I'm really talking about what happens in your thought process, in your emotional process, and how you can take care of yourself that way. So we'll take a short break and be right back with tips on how you can feel better. I'm really excited to announce that we now have a Mom and Mine online shop. We have placed a couple of items in our shop like mugs, water bottles, and travel mugs that have the Mom and Mine logo. And hopefully if you grab one of these mugs, it can be a really useful reminder for you to fill your cup first and remind you that your mental health is worthwhile and important. The proceeds from sales will be used to support the production of this podcast and keep it going. And I'm also excited to pass along 10% of the proceeds to be donated quarterly to the Perinatal Mental Health Alliance for People of Color to support their work. So win, win, win all around. Support the podcast, get an awesome mug to remind you of how important you are, and be able to contribute to a donation. You can access the shop from momandmind.com or from a link in my bio on Instagram, at momandmind. I'm really excited to offer this little piece of the podcast out to you to support you in your wellness. Go grab a mug today or get one for someone who you really care about to help them remember they are important too. All right. So I think one of the most important things for anybody to remember, especially right now, is that you are resilient. You have been through many things in your life and you have found a way through them each time. Sometimes it probably felt really, really hard and other times maybe not so much. Even though with all of those stressors that we were listing earlier, you have made your way through every single thing. We get bumps and bruises and cuts and burns and all of those things along the way. Absolutely, there's healing that can happen and maybe needs to happen from a lot of the stuff we've experienced. But there isn't one thing you haven't gotten through. 
So this is really important. This is, I I think, like very essential self-care is to remember that fact. That is a fact. And I want to just take a side note on resilience for a moment. It doesn't mean that in order to continue going on through your life and being resilient, that you need to keep up and do everything you've always done in the past in order to stay resilient and keep going. No, that that's too much pressure on resilience and too much pressure on yourself, in part because we cannot know how we are going to get through something until we're in it and going through it. And then we do. But, but a lot of stress can come from, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get through this. I don't know how I'm going to manage. And it can be very hard to trust that your experiences thus far that have gotten you this far are going to help you get through whatever is coming next. We just can't fortune tell, so to speak, and know how we are going to feel, think, behave, and respond to any number of things. So I, I just find that keeping resilience in your pocket And remembering that you have that, it can help you when you don't know the answer to how. Related to that, another thing that can come up is feeling like you need to do things yourself, on your own, that you should be able to do it without help. And I just want to crush that. It, It is just not true. You're not supposed to do everything by yourself. The life is not like Yes, you're the person who's going through it, but this is not a one-person job. We live in connection with other people. We live in communities with other people. This is not a solo trip. And very specifically, when there's kids involved or the desire to have kids involved, resilience can also mean getting help. It can also mean setting boundaries. It can also mean taking a break. And I'm going to go into those three things right now. So big, big, big headline Getting help is not failure. I can't even begin to count how many people have said to me when they're at the depths of feeling very bad that if they don't do everything by themselves, that they're failing. That if they reach out for help, that that means that they can't do everything by themselves and they are a failure. Now, the difficulty with this is that when we're in our heads with these kind of messages, it feels so true. It feels like, yeah, I have to do all of this by myself or I'm a failure. But you out there listening to me say it right now, how does that strike you? Does it make sense that you have to do everything by yourself? And if you don't, you're a failure. It's quite different to hear it from the other side. And when you're not in the headspace of depression and anxiety and all the lies that it tells you. Another aspect of this is you don't have to do everything. You just don't. Not even just by yourself, but you don't have to do everything at all. If you, your family, your your family system is exhausted and tired, uh, but the feeling is that you have to keep pushing forward and do all the things, you you just don't. You are your own boss. In fact, when it comes to day-to-day tasks, just don't. Just don't. What really is going to happen if you allow yourself to rest and let the dishes sit there? Is it possible to leave laundry for the next day? Is it possible that today, if you don't feel like making dinner, you can just get some something quick and easy? Yeah, all of that's possible. You can make whatever decision you need to make. There's no lord of tasks that's going to come down and tell you that you aren't doing the right thing or that you should be doing more. But we all have these kind of constructs in our heads about what we're supposed to do and what's right and what's best and who's going to judge us and all of that stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you the the probably the rudest person you're going to hear from is the voice in your head telling you that you have to do all of this stuff. 
And so I'm, I'm not saying that you just do nothing ever again. I'm saying just honor your exhaustion by taking a break. There's a really interesting pattern that I see a lot with people, myself included, that, you know, you're, you're going through your day, everything's tough. You think to yourself, oh my gosh, I really just want to, I don't know, lay down on the couch and watch a movie or just be outside and breathe fresh air, something like that. And then you finally get the opportunity to do that. And the time during your break, watching a movie on the couch or sitting outside is spent worrying about what you're not doing, worrying about what needs to be done, worrying about what people think, and so on and so forth. So by the time you go to take a break and all of that's going through your head, are you really having a break? Not really, because it's being spent worried and um, thinking and whatnot. So one trick for this is when you get your chance to take a break or when you allow yourself to take a break, recognize that you are doing in that moment what you wanted to do. This is it. This is what I wanted and I'm doing it right now. And let that feeling come in and fill you up as much as possible. Recognize that you are doing what you wanted to do. It's very easy to to kind of spill into all of the worries and all the thoughts and all of the overwhelm, especially with depression and anxiety and high stress. But those moments, even if it's five minutes, even if it's one minute, if we don't take a moment to just recognize and be in that space that, yes, this is it. This is the feeling. Let your shoulders down. Let yourself breathe deeply and be there. Otherwise, you'll get through the day and not feel like you've had a break at all. And that really snowballs, that compiles over time, and it feels big and heavy and overwhelming because it will constantly feel like you don't have a break. But you can give one to yourself right now. And sometimes taking that break means setting boundaries. When you're kind of in the momentum of your day, it's really easy to just continue doing tasks and saying yes to things even when you don't have the time or don't want to do the thing. So one way of setting boundaries and one of my favorite tactics to prevent from taking on too much and giving out too many yeses is when someone asks you to do something for them or take on a project, give yourself time to think. You do not need to say yes right away. Absolutely not. You can take time to think. You can respond to them with something like, "Uh, I'd love to think about that, or let me get back to you in a couple of hours or days or weeks, whatever it is that you need. Then. By having time, you can really check in with yourself and see if what they're asking aligns with your time, with you, what you want, uh, with your with what you're able to do or provide or give, your energy, and your overall goals. So let's say, just to make it oversimplified, if today was the day that you were going to allow yourself that 30 minutes to sit down and do nothing, and someone asks you to do something for them, And since you have that 30 minutes in your day, you automatically think, yeah, I I could do that. I could probably fit it in. If that's your answer to stuff, I urge you to just start a practice of saying, let me think about that. um, If you really do want to think about it um, and then be able to come back around to them and say, yeah, I can I can do that today, but I only have 15 minutes. Or if you don't want to do it, you can say no, no, thanks or not right now, or check in with me in a couple of weeks. I know it can be hard for, for, especially for people who aren't used to setting boundaries to talk to other people this way, because, well, 
for lots of reasons. But even if you don't really do this out loud yet, you can practice it in your head. See what it feels like to to even consider giving yourself time. It's really powerful. And it's it's a small shift, but even allowing yourself time to think, even if you do end up saying yes, it starts to build your awareness of what your needs are. And this is part of why boundaries get crossed or people say yes often is because they don't have time to think or consider what their actual needs are. All right. So another, whenever I'm meeting with clients and I'm thinking to myself, I do use these tools for myself as well. Whenever I just am feeling yuck or I don't know how, like what is going on, I check in with these four things. So the checklist involves sleep, eating and hydration, shifts in hormones, and stress. So first I ask myself and I ask my clients, um, how have you been sleeping? What's going on with your sleep? Has it been interrupted? Have you woken up early? How many nights consecutively have you gone without consistent sleep? And oftentimes that sleep is so major in, in terms of stress and stress management. Oftentimes the, the sleep is the key issue. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes I'll wear my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So then prioritizing sleep for the following night or finding ways to prioritize sleep, even if it's during the day, especially with who, people who have babies, uh, little babies. So even if you can't specifically sleep when they're sleeping, even rest is, is better than nothing. Any amount of uh, attention that you can pay to your sleep can really help you understand why you, you might be feeling down or aggravated. And then how have you been eating or uh, hydrating? 
I'm not talking about what you've been eating specifically, but like, have you been eating at all? I'm not a nutritionist or registered dietitian or anything like that. So I can't speak to any of those, any of the what you're eating, but I will often talk to people who haven't eaten until three o'clock in the afternoon and wonder why they're not feeling well. It's it's a relatively kind of simple thing to notice, but when you're so busy in your day-to-day, especially with taking care of a little one, uh, sometimes it's hard to remember to eat. So really fueling your system, your body with things that that can keep you going, even snacks or things that you can just grab and go, um, granola bars or trail mix or little protein shakes or something like that, and have a regular, try to eat regularly, as well as hydrate. I also often hear that people aren't getting enough fluid in the day. And these things really, I mean, we are walking chemistry sets for the most part. Like we we have to put these things in our bodies or they don't work well. Next on my list of things to check in with is hormones. So has there been any shift in nursing? Either like a, are you nursing less or did you stop nursing if you are nursing? Are you about to start your period? Have you started your period? There's often a week or two prior to the period starting where people's mood shifts. So that's a really important factor to remember when you're trying to figure out what is going on. And last check-in question is, uh, what's your stress level like? Has anything happened recently that's increased your stress level that has, you know, and that, that can be anything from like interactions with family members or partners or news that you heard or any number of things. So if one of these factors are impacting you, that could be enough to throw off your mood or make you feel agitated or down. Certainly sometimes all four of them are happening and it's just worthwhile to check in. So again, another way to help you know what is happening instead of blaming yourself. Overall, for me, all of these tips are really about turning what's wrong with me into what's going on for me. There's a really big difference in this way of thinking. If you take what's wrong with me just into consideration as a phrase to ask yourself, which I hear really often from a lot of people, that feels terrible. It feels judgmental. It feels overwhelming. It feels like very big and there's no answer. And it's also really makes you the crux of the problem. Like there's some sort of personal failing that is creating all of this. What I'd rather people think is what's going on for me. And that can include all this this global stress, the interpersonal stress, the day-to-day stress. It's just, it's such a, it's a more gentle way of thinking about what's going on. And it also offers perspective. It also offers the capacity to bring in things other than judgment, like, hmm, I don't know, maybe compassion. Um, like, yeah, this has been a really tough week. I, you know, you just got bad news or you've had poor sleep or there's been some other change in your life. Bringing in that context, bringing in perspective and bringing in compassion is really where it's at. At the, at the end of the day, if you take nothing away from this, that's what my hope is for everyone out there. So I'll wrap up on that note, just really hoping that For those of you out there who are struggling, you can take a moment to reflect on how you're really doing and then take some other moments to allow space for yourself to just be. This way of taking care of yourself isn't, in my mind, it is is not. These ways of taking care of your mental and emotional well-being 
are so beneficial, not only to you, but it also helps you to be more present in your life and with those that you love. Thanks for being with us today. I'm really glad you took the time. And if you know anybody who could benefit from hearing how to think about stress and how to help yourself through it, please pass this episode along. And more specifically, for people who are dealing with any kind of perinatal mental health issue, let them know that this podcast exists, that we share real stories, perspectives. We just want people to know that they're not alone. And if you're up for it, go check out that Mom and Mind shop, and hopefully you can find something that you love or that you can gift to someone else. Go to momandmind.com to find out more. Thanks for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.